Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. School should be a safe place where kids can play. And I don't mean just play in terms of, you know, go outside and play on a slide. I'm saying play around with ideas, right? Because no matter what happens, like they can try something and fail and like do that a thousand times. They will always still come into my classroom the next day and I will still love them just as much. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast, follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech from around the world. My name is Marissa Honig, and I am one of the guest hosts for the podcast. I'm based out of Denver, Colorado, and am currently the technical assistant to the CTO at ThoughtWorks. I also host my own podcast called Blossoming Technologist. I am so excited to be joined today by Catherine Roan, fellow guest host for this podcast and product manager in the educational publishing space, who also dabbles in Web3. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. I'm so excited. And it's really weird being on the other side of the conversation as a guest. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's always so strange. But I am so happy you're here. Could you just tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? How far back do you want me to go with the question? (laughs) Start wherever is comfortable. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, the first thing that's probably pretty obvious is that I'm not US-based. You can hear from my accent. I'm from the land of Down Under in Australia, calling in from Melbourne, Australia. So hi to anyone who's listening from Australia. Um, hmm, Where do I start? Maybe to give some context as to I think it will make sense when we talk about the journey. Uh, I am one of four. I'm incredibly lucky that I won the ovarian lottery and was born in Australia. Could have been very different. Very, very different. My, both of my parents escaped the Vietnam War. Very classic story of, and brutal story too. I mean, I'm not sort of taking away from that whatsoever. You know, came on a boat, landed in a couple of countries, was in some refugee camps and somehow ended up in Australia at the time. I think they were very welcoming to people coming in and and they met over in Australia, actually, believe it or not. Um, yeah, and they got married and, and I guess I, I was born in Perth but moved over to Melbourne So when I was like three, so that's probably where I spent most of my – I mean, that's where I spent most of my life. So um, 
yeah, re- really understanding how lucky I am and how different it could have been. And when I say that, like, uh, to give you some context, so when my mum got displaced from her family, it was a, it was a pick a straw and the longest one stays here with me, so her mum. And so my mum picked a short straw. Within half an hour, she had to have had her bags packed and she had to go. And anyway, many years passed and the, the auntie that was staying back in Vietnam to look after my nan, you know, they lost contact. And when they got back in contact, I play the conversation out in my head sometimes and I'm like, this is unreal. So my mum, you know, is talking to my auntie and they're like, you know, how are you? How are you? You know, I've, you know, I've had... I had a daughter and my mum's like, oh, my God, so did I. And my auntie said, oh, my daughter's name is Jum. And my mum's like, so is mine. So I have a cousin who is the exact – oh, we're born in the same year, so we're only a few months apart with the exact same name and it's just one of those things that helps remind me of what it could have been like. You know, her life is completely different to mine. I get to gallivant around the world if I want to. I have opportunities that she could only ever dream of. You know, and and that's why I continuously am just so grounded and and so grateful and appreciative of what I have here. I'm not saying her life is bad. I'm just saying it's very different. It could have been very different. I was really lucky. I didn't do any of the. <laughs> I think I disappointed my parents. I'm I'm not a doctor or lawyer, accountant or anything like that, or a dentist. Didn't pick any of those. I started my career, professional career, as a cancer researcher, and then decided that I wasn't. I liked people too much <laughs> and that four white walls was just not going to be going to be me for my life. So um always thought that I'd teach when I was older. I was just one of those people like, oh, you know, teaching, you can teach at any time. Um, but fell into teaching and then did teaching and then kind of, yeah, just a few very incredible coincidental accidents. Um, uh, got into ed tech, accidentally co-founded a company while I was um, teaching in the ed tech space as well, Adapt Education. Um, and yeah, kind of then fell into web three and now I'm just, I don't know, a bit of education still. I'm not in the classroom anymore, more so, you know, producing products that are resources that, that are helpful in the classroom, but, um, love education. Cause I know that it, it was something that gave me opportunity. And for me, honestly, education is a way for me to give back by providing opportunities for the kids who are, who are to come. So I love education and will always stay in it. But now it's just like different forms from different lenses, which I'm incredibly lucky that I get to do. And like that's pretty boring, right? Like the more basic background stuff. But fun I fact, thought it was interesting. I, oh, did <laughs> yeah. you? Okay, I was like, oh, that's just like someone's normal journey. Um, fun fact, though, I didn't know any English when I went to school. And I think I only started learning, like understanding properly when I was about eight or nine years old. So I spent the first two or three years of school, like I, I couldn't tell you what happened because I have no language to describe anything that happened during those first three years except for cutting and sitting down and that's about all I remember. So, yeah. Interesting. Oh, man. Yeah, I know you just said, oh, it was just my background. It's not that interesting. But yeah, it's just like, everyone's yeah. stories are always so interesting. <laughs> and I feel like where you started and even your story about your cousin is so cool. And like, it's really cool that you pulled that in to describe yourself. Yeah. Thank, um, I mean, thank you. I think it would make sense, you know, when listening to what I do next and what I'm currently doing and what I'm so passionate about. I'm constantly grounded and reminded all of the things that I have and, you know, how I can use that as a way to say 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So you mentioned your interest in education and now being a product manager. Did education really play into getting into product or how did that happen? Yeah, I thought I was just going to keep teaching. And, but I had like, it wasn't like a midlife crisis. I think it was like a midlife teacher, you know, <laughs> crisis where I was teaching in Australia um, in Victoria, where I am, we call it VCE, but it's essentially the last two years of high school. So when the students are 17 and 18 and I was teaching chemistry and I was not disillusioned by the fact that chemistry was, is probably that, that moment going to be the only, like a very small blip in their whole life. And I knew that. So I wasn't one of those teachers who was like, my, my subject is the most important subject in this school and you have to do everything I say and all my homework. It wasn't like that at all. My, me going into classrooms was an excuse to hang out with young people and to encourage them to go and chase what it is that they want to do without being a creep, right? Because, like, if I was to do that outside of school, they'd be like, are you are you all right? You know, like, I couldn't go up to a kid on a playground and be like, so tell me, <laughs> what are your aspirations? So it was really my – yeah, I use – my science background as an excuse to get into the classroom and I use my classroom experience as an excuse to kind of just plant a seed that a lot of things were possible. And so I I started to realize though what what I was focusing on wasn't what mattered after they left me. And I felt that my job as a teacher, especially at that stage of their life, was to get them ready for what's happening next in the real world. Right. And I knew that chemistry wasn't the thing. Like the number of chemists or people who were going to do chemistry after being in the classroom with me was very minimal. Like one, <laughs> two. <laughs> so I just felt like I wasn't doing justice and I wasn't doing right by my students by not supporting them with things that I knew was coming, right? And, you know, as an adult, you're now on the other side. You can see the other side of the fence and you know that this is not going to matter right now. So I was like, I'm not doing my job. You know, this I'm not doing it right. And I was just searching for the answer and I and for some reason, I went down the entrepreneurship rabbit hole and I'm like, this is the silver bullet. Entrepreneurship will answer everything. You know, all of the skills that are involved in entrepreneurship. I was like, that's what these kids need. So I went down a rabbit hole. This was, a, you know, I think like, how old am I? like almost 10 years ago. And there was nothing available for my students um, to be able to try entrepreneurship. And there was no, you know workshops and if they were it was four hundred dollars my students couldn't afford it and for context of the, the school that I was teaching at a lot of immigrants from Middle Eastern countries um, some of them didn't know any English when they came to my classroom like all of that sort of stuff so I'm like there's no way and so me trying to put some cobble something together and in the process you know trying to get funding and all these sorts of things to just get a workshop happening because I wanted to see if my thesis was right if whether or not this is a good avenue to go down or not Anyway, along the way, I was just calling up anyone who would listen. I was like, if you're in an entrepreneurship, guaranteed you like kids because you hated school because no one supported you. Um, how can I rope you into helping me be that, you know, person for these kids now? Anyway, and so I ran, <laughs> it's a really random story. I connected with this guy who was in a different city in Australia. And then I got this phone call and he's like, hey, I'm going to be in Melbourne for one night only. And it's going, uh, do you want to meet me at 9.30 p.m. at this address? And I was like, yeah, okay. And I remember driving to this place. I've never met this guy before. I'd never seen a picture of this guy before. I've never been to this place that I'm going to and it's 9.30. 
all right, okay, it's, a lot of things could happen here. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, so I ended up, I don't know why, I ended up going and it ended up being a pitch night. And I, w- I caught the end of a pitch night and I came in and I was like, hey, have you, can I speak to this person? And they're like, yeah, he's over there. Do you know him? I'm like, no, I've never met him. I don't know him. So anyway, so it turns out that his mentor had an ed tech company in Australia and I happened to sit next to him at dinner. And he just looked at me and said, well, what are you pitching? And I said, I'm not pitching anything. He said, well, why are you here? So we're actually here for this guy. And then I, I got talking and he said, well, hang on, do you teach science? And I was like, yeah, I do. It's such a random question. And he said to me, do you teach chemistry? And I was like, yes, why? Um, and he's like, do you know of my company? And I, and I was sincere. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm sure it's great, but I've never heard of your company before. Um, but, yeah, he pitched me and he's like, hey, so, you know, this is what we do. We do videos for students for, you know, the curriculum. Would you want to? audition I was like okay <laughs> so two weeks later I go in an audition and then I just start you know part-timing at this edtech company making these videos so crazy while I was still teaching and then we just kept up that relationship and it just ended up that I ended up jumping ship into that edtech company um and just writing the books instead of teaching the stuff so that's kind of how I fell into the product management kind of thing wow completely random <laughs> yeah, yeah so random yeah <laughs> so random but yeah, I I couldn't have I couldn't have planned it. You know, I I couldn't have written it down like this is what I want and these are the steps I'll take. Um yeah, and at, at that time I was just so obsessed with entrepreneurship and thinking that that would be, you know, the silver bullet for my students and I didn't want to be that person who was you know reading from a book and then preaching. And so I, I my sister and I I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to do this and say entrepreneurship is a thing and anyone can build these skills, I should probably go start something myself right just to prove that it's possible um and then yeah my sister was traveling she was 19 at the time i get this massive long text message at like 2 a.m in the morning she's over in europe somewhere i'm freaking out because i'm thinking she's gonna die or something because i'm like there's no other way she'll be messaging me at this time and um she had this it was honestly she sent me a business plan and I just remember reading it and I was half asleep. And she's like, hey, we should start a, uh, you know, like rice paper rolls. Like it's going to be awesome and we can have a restaurant and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and I just said, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And I went back to sleep. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, what did I say yes to? <laughs> and I just read through the whole thing and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well, if, I, if I'm going to, you know, support young people, my sister is one of them. She was 19 at the time. And I'm like, hell yes. You know, so... Fast forward, like, barely a year later, we started a food truck. We have no hospital experience. We had no business experience. We we pretty much, like, helped build the caravan. The caravan was towed in a little Toyota Corolla. Like, it was just – it was un- insane. Um, so that was me proving that so that I could bring that back into the classroom and say it's possible so that I can use entrepreneurship as a vehicle to go – there's there's bigger things and I know you can make it outside of chemistry that I think this is, you, you know – useful for you in the future just trust me on this you know and so that's why I'm telling these little sort of pockets of stories just because it just fits into the narrative of what I really believe for young people and why I I love education so much so when you had those two stories happen from going to the ed tech company and then also starting the company with your sister did you bring those back to your students and show them those examples yeah how how did that go over yeah yeah. do you know what's really weird can I caveat all of that was happening whilst I was full-time teaching. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so so I was full – I know, I just I just was so stupid. Like, I didn't even think I was just saying yes to everything. So part-time in the ed tech, so I'd – after school, when I could, I'd 
drive down there and do the recording and whatever. And then other times where we had events, it'll be weekends after school, I'd go from school straight to the event or prep the night before or whatever. So it's really interesting because I was kind of keeping them up to date and they knew that I was working at this ed tech company because the videos that I made for that actually ended up being used in my own classroom. And the deal that I made with that ed tech company is I will do these videos for you as long as you give it to my kids. I'm good with that. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so, yeah, so they they constantly were seeing me in class and seeing me go off and do these things. But what was really magical about the food truck was that that gave us like literally a vehicle <laughs> to go into schools and talk to kids. I mean, we never actually took the truck in there, but um, it was our excuse because we wanted it to be a social enterprise. That was just the front. The back end was whatever we had was going to be used to go into schools, talk to kids and inspire them to go and start their own thing. And so we did quite a few talks, uh, my, both my sister and I, we, we'd go together um, to different schools throughout Victoria that I wasn't teaching at um, to kind of spread the word. So it was really interesting. It was, wasn't just my own classroom. It was, you know, classrooms. I'm so grateful that I've, I had that opportunity in, in other, other schools as well, just to, to tell them that it's possible. That's so cool. And then have, did you continue on that entrepreneurship journey? Like, where are you now in terms of entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, we, we kind of stopped with the food truck because my sister was actually also um, at uni. <laughs> And she's like, I also probably need some sort of career just in case this doesn't work out. <laughs> and I was like, totally cool, totally cool. And and we were just, it was really weird. We were too busy that we couldn't keep up and we both still had our jobs and full-time work in school and whatnot. And we're like, oh, we just can't service it properly. So, you know, it's like end of an era, that's, that's great. We sold the food truck to someone who's now doing smoothies and I'm so happy for them. But, yeah, I think I always had that. And, like, once I got a taste of entrepreneurship, I was just like, this is cool. You know, this is fun. So startup, just the startup mentality was so cool because how quickly you can prove or disprove a hypothesis that you have about something I think is really fun. And doing it in a really messy way, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And so, yeah, so while I was still teaching, um, (laughs) I connected with this guy and, and we're still friends now. And, you know, he was in management consulting and he said something. And I, he said it, he was just a bit disillusioned about school because he didn't do too well and the system itself just wasn't helpful for him in particular. And I just turned to him and I said, well, what are you going to do about it? Just as an offhand comment. And he took that to heart and he actually started something. So initially I just got him to come into my school because I'm like, I need free support with management because, I, you know, my team needs help. Can you come in and help? And it started like that. And then he just saw a need and he started to build a platform that we were using in schools. And then he just said, well, he just said to me, hey, can you help me? And I said, look, I'm, I'm teaching, but I can help be the educational voice while you kind of help build the company and we can do that together. So yeah, it was very accidental. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're pitching to schools, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going into schools and doing demos and all of these sorts of things and at that time I was only teaching part-time so I had a bit of had a bit more flexibility with where I could be and when and this was before COVID too and then yeah and six months into it he quit his job (laughs) it's like I think I think this is gonna be a real thing I'm gonna quit my job and I was like did I do that I'm so sorry (laughs) Uh, yeah and so we kind of kept growing it and I guess the platform itself was and is um we saw a need that, you know, understanding teachers don't have time. You know, I'm sure you know, teachers will tell you this, anyone you talk to. And we wanted to help 
but in a way that would help teachers better understand their students. You know, they have data, for example, they have data about students in a lot of areas, but it's very locked in many different places. So we, we were thought to ourselves, well, what if we bring all of that to one place so you can have a better 360 picture of your student? Would that be helpful in the way that you plan, in the way that you get to know students, in the way that you teach? It turns out it did. <laughs> so, yeah, we were pulling in a lot, lot of data just to give a more holistic picture of the student. And that was how it started, um, cobbled together with a lot of Google Studio. Apologies to the schools who first picked us up. Now you know the truth. Um, yeah, and then it kind of it kind of grew into now us creating a learner profile um, that is more about celebrating the individual and what they care about and elevating that as opposed to this is your grades, you got, you know, 60% on this test and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, that's like one thing, but what about the things that you care about? Like what would a learner, what would a profile look like if Marissa was to celebrate the things that she was proud of? And how do we share that? And so, yeah, um, really making headway in that space. Um, we got onto a few accelerators, got a little bit of money, thought we were going to die, got a bit more money, like all of those sorts of things. <laughs> um, but I'm no longer involved sort of as a co-founder. So the other co-founder, Chris, has really taken that and and run with it. And I'm, I'm so proud of him. Um, but yeah, still have that bug in me, I think. And that's kind of Maybe what I'm excited about Web3 as well. But anyway, yeah. yeah. We have to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. But, oh, good. Yeah, I'm super curious because I think there's a lot of students who listen to this podcast too. So if there's any students who are interested in entrepreneurship or inter- interested in getting into a startup, what advice would you give them? What advice would you have given yourself back then? The advice that I still give to students today, right, is go into a startup. Like go and go and intern, go and ask for a job, go and, you know, go into a startup and see what it really feels like. I have a brother at the moment who's 19 and he's doing like a computer science something, something. And I was like, this is cool. You know, he's going to be a developer, coder, something, something like that. And I was like, you know, you don't have to go to uni for this. And my parents would kill me if they knew I said this to him, by the way. Um, well, let's hope they don't listen. Like, you don't have to go to uni. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't think they will, which is good. <laughs> um, but there are different ways, like depending on the industry that you want to go into, you don't have to go to uni to do that. You could probably learn more on the job and then earn while you're learning and then get really good at it. You know, look, I wouldn't advise if you want to become a doctor, please don't try and go into the hospital and cut people up. Like that's not a thing. Like there are certain professions that you still need that training for and I appreciate that. But there are other things where I'm like, if you want to dabble and you're curious, just start. Like go on TikTok, talk about it, go go to a startup. And we were, as a startup, we were hiring uni students as well because we're like, these guys are passionate. These guys are excited. We just need to be able to train them. And so there are people out there and there are startups out there that want you, you know, and want to be able to help you and train you. So I, I would definitely say give it a crack. You're young. You know, like if you need to get a part-time job, it's totally cool. But don't feel like you have to be fitting into that mold of going to a uni to study at first before you can do it. You know, if there's an opportunity to do it first, I would totally go there. Yeah, that's great advice. I feel like I hear that. I hear similar advice a lot when I interview people for my podcast too because it focuses on young professionals and people are like, you know, just start. Like, especially with programming, you know, product management, there's so many resources out there and oftentimes you really don't need that degree and like you can do a boot camp or you can self-teach and, you know, you still end up at the same like level as people who did get a university degree. So, yeah, and I love the energy that young people bring when they have to self-start. You know, like for them to go out of their way to do something 
and then show up to you and go, hey, I can help you with this. I'm like, I want you. Just just because of, of that, you know, other things are trainable. I totally get that. But I think sometimes that is such just a really good foundation to work from. And you don't feel like you have to have a four-year degree in order to do that. Like, I mean, I would, instead of learning a business, we started one, right? Absolutely knowing nothing. And we were laughed upon just because we were two young girls who were in an industry that I was looking around me and they were mostly males. Like it was a rough gig, right? Hospitality and food trucks and stuff. I have so much respect for them now. Um, but yeah, like I would do it again. I would go and start that business again rather than go to a four-year course. No offense to unis, but like I just learned so much that given the same amount of money that I'd have to spend, I'd just start another business. Absolutely. I've often thought about you know, if you want to get like a business degree, go to business school. And I've asked people about it because I've thought about it before for myself. And people are like, you know, like, just like start doing the things you want to do. And you might end up learning exactly what you what you would have learned getting a business degree. Um, So it's something similar. It's interesting because I don't have I don't have much experience with with entrepreneurship. Like I have my podcast, but like I, you know, I have a nine to five. I got that university degree, like all that stuff. I have a very traditional uh, trajectory into tech. So it is really interesting to me to hear your story and hear how you just, you kind of like fell into it and got these like crazy opportunities with like a late night call to like go to this random thing. And it really speaks volumes hearing your passion too for children and how that kind of like is a thread through all the things you do. So I guess... How did you figure that out? How did you know, like, I really want to help kids and help young people understand entrepreneurship? That's a really good question. I don't think I woke up one day and was like, kids, (laughs) that's my jam. You know, my purpose and passion is kids. Like, it was never like that. I didn't think it was going to be like that, to be honest. I enjoyed teaching so much when I got into it, like, more than I thought I could. And... I became the teacher that I was, not saying that I was a great teacher, like I'm not the best teacher in the world, Um, you know, always still learning. But the reason why I became the teacher that I became was because of my students, right? Like I learned so much from them, more than what I learned theoretically of what it's like to teach and Bloom's taxonomy and all of these crazy things that they throw at you and like the principles of it. And I was like, and what I started to see a lot as a teacher was kids one kids discounting themselves before they even got started but me on the other side going but you have so much passion and talent in this thing like why are you why are you actively cutting yourself down and saying that it's not a viability or if that it's not possible I was like no 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 no. this is not right you know and I think that it's just so pivotal at school that School should be a safe place where kids can play. And I don't mean just play in terms of, you know, go outside and play on a slide. I'm saying play around with ideas, right? Because no matter what happens, like they can try something and fail and like do that a thousand times. They will always still come into my classroom the next day and I will still love them just as much, right? So I think for me, like school is that level of protection that they needed in case they fail and then they can come back and they know that, you know, People are still going to worry about them and care about them. And there's no, like, yeah, it's, it was just, for me, it was meant to be a safe place for them to try things out. And as long as I was there, I could help somehow, right? Because then I'm like, if if that happens outside of school and I'm not here and you're an adult, consequences might be a lot bigger, 
right? So just like try it out here and like why not? And so, yeah, the more I taught, the more I was just asking myself like, what the hell? And I was just really, I was sad. I was sad because I could see the potential of some of these kids, but they couldn't see it in themselves because the narrative inside of school was like, you just got to get good grades, man. You know, like that's the narrative in school. And so 13 years of accumulated pressure to that one moment in the last year, like I, I was seeing that every single year, like the kids were stressed. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I've, I've, there's got to be a way that I can help show them that there is something else that's possible. And I see it in you, but you just got to see it for yourself too, right? And I just had to nudge them in that direction. And so, yeah, kids were always being like, oh, yeah, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. I was like, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And then I just came up with that slogan. Like, this is, this is where the hat came from. So for context, I'm wearing a cap. Yeah. And so I was saying it so much that I got a hat made, right? And then I was like, and I used to wear it when I was teaching or I used to have it in the front of the classroom because they knew that I would, that was what I would always say. If they said, oh, miss, I can't do this question. I can't do this, can't do that. I'm like, yeah, you can. And then break that pattern and then we'll just keep going. In fact, you know, like the, the videos that I make that are still used in schools today, and I'm very grateful for that. My nan made me a lab coat because I was, um, it was for chemistry, right? She made me a lab coat and just over the pocket says YYC as well. Right? So everything I do, I'm just like, yes, you can do it. And so for me, I think it was just about entrepreneurship is a way that, you know, they can develop these skills and this belief and it could, but it's something that has such awesome like spillover effect in other areas of life. You know, it's not just chemistry and learning about atoms. I'm like, oh, where's that really going to be helpful for the rest of your life? Oh, yeah. And so when I saw, yeah, when I got into entrepreneurship and just understood what it was about, I was like, oh, that's it. And I think that's when I became a huge advocate for kids, you know, like when I, I felt really, I felt really sad and guilty that I'd left the classroom during COVID. And I was like, oh, I should be there. I should be in there. I should be helping the kids. And the only way that I could do it was to taking on to social media platforms, which I, I don't enjoy doing. Like, believe it or not, I actually don't enjoy attention. So teaching was really interesting, <laughs> being the person that they were like follow around the classroom. Um, but yeah, like I took to TikTok and then, you know, I was just like, I'll just teach everything I know, you know, and then, but then you have kids going like, oh, but, and that's when the kids will then reach out and be like, hey, you know, this, and hey, I just don't know about that. And I'm like, oh, it's still happening. Okay. Like, how can I continue to help? Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's where it stemmed from just seeing that there was so much potential every day, every day. And then them cut themselves off. And I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> someone has to tell you that it's okay to go for and it's okay that you will be able to do it and like your yes you can slogan is such a powerful and positive message to teach kids when they're in high school and they go out into the world and be like oh yeah like Catherine told me well maybe they wouldn't call you Catherine because you're their teacher but she told me yes I can I can do this I can do whatever I set my mind to because you you get adults who you know don't don't believe in themselves as much as they should. And you're teaching them a powerful lesson, which is really awesome. Yeah, no, thank you. I think, you know, you're so right because you meet adults too who have the same thing. And that's why I love being such a cheerleader for anyone who comes my way. Like, honestly, if you're going to be in my circle, like, good luck. I wish you luck because it's just like throwing you with gifts and like all this love because I'm like when, when someone just shows me a hint of like, oh, I think I've always wanted to do this and then they realise Maybe I can try. I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. Get it, boy. Yep. You got it. 
you know, I'm just like, yes, yes. Yes. It gets me so excited. Yeah. Yes, you yeah, can. You can. Like, it gets me so excited. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, wow. I feel like I would have loved to be a student in your classroom. <laughs> it would have been fun. I was a very hot, like, it was fun, but I was a, a beep, you know, when, when it was crunch time. It was like, you got to do your stuff. I was very, yeah, I was very hard on them as a way to go, well, there's, you know, we can grow. We can grow together. There's room to grow and, you know, we can always sort of keep going. And I never answered any questions. Kids will ask me a question and my answer is another question. Oh, I got you. Okay. And so, right. And so I was, it was funny. <laughs> One of my kids asked me a question and the kid in front of him turned around I'm just like, why are you doing that? You you know she's not going to answer you. And then I just I had to turn around and I started laughing to myself because I'm like, you're exactly right. I'm just going to ask you another question to get you one step closer, and you're going to come out with the answer yourself because that's so much more empowering than me saying yes. This is stating that this is the correct answer, right? Yeah. So that was that was just how I like to teach because I wanted the students to be empowered, and we had a lot of fun. You know, we had like balloon fights. We were throwing stuff at each other. Like it was just fun. Um, but yeah, of course, not taking away from the fact that they also wanted to do well because they wanted to go somewhere else. I know at the beginning, we also mentioned that you now dabble in web three, and I'm just super curious to learn more about that. So when did you start getting interested in web three and maybe like, what do you do now with it? That's a really interesting question. Thank you. Uh, theme of my life again, like accident. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the company Maven. Okay, so I jumped back into Twitter like after I didn't realize I had a profile <laughs> and, I was, and I just came across Wes and I was like, far out. She's such a good writer, so succinct, like just such a beautiful writer. And I thought to myself, oh, be, imagine how cool it would be like it would be to just work with her one day. So one day she put a tweet out and was like, hey, you know, we're hiring for Maven, you know, if anyone's interested. And I looked into the job description and I just read the list of things that they were looking for in this position. And I was like, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. Maybe. Maybe me. Yeah, let's give it a crack. And I just, I ended up, I don't know what happened on the day, but I, I was lucky enough to, to be one of the first coaches in their accelerator. And through that, I met another coach who's in New Zealand. And I think we bonded over the fact that we were up at ridiculous hours of the morning to be coaching all of these incredible, um, you know, incredible experts from all around the world to help create their own cohort-based courses. And he just kind of tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, hey, so I'm doing this thing where, you know, I'm trying to help onboard artists into NFTs, into the NFT space, because I think that this is a really good opportunity for artists to really be seen and really to be recognized for their work. You want to come on board? And I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know anything about Web3 or NFTs, but yeah, let's do it. So I helped him sort of um, run his first couple of cohorts also on Maven. And then he just kept throwing more things my way. He's like, hey, can you, like, do this NFT thing? I was like, yeah, why not? And then he, he was like, hey, I'm making a book. Can you help me do that? I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? And so it just snowballed. Like, a lot of um, what I've done in the space is thank thanks to him, you know, Mintface, if you want to check him up on Twitter. Like he's doing some incredible things. And, you know, he, he then started this uh, crazy project, 10K residence project, where it's essentially, you know, you're building a community in the – quote unquote metaverse I know that's a very like loaded term but yeah yeah so we've built this community people have like 
lofts or a, a home in this like metaverse and they get to deck out their home with things and we just have this awesome community where I just like <laughs> I had no idea that this is what it could be um, and I've just gone along for the rides so everything he asked me to do I'm like yes yes I will do that <laughs> um, and so you know making NFTs and transferring and trying to get the rally the community and all of these things that I was so grateful that he threw my way I was like yeah yeah, yeah let's just do everything um, and that's kind of what got me into the space so what's gotten me really curious about it is now like well what does that mean for education then like how how does this yeah I think I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because my background isn't as you can see tech so wrapping my head around like what it is and understanding the implications of that in education is yeah something that's really interesting to me and also it's just like also ai in education anyway i'm obsessed with that my at the moment that's my season my season's like web3 and like ai and like education and, and where the dots connect but yeah yeah trying to draw like a venn diagram of like where yeah kind where they kind of kinda overlap <laughs> yeah and just like i'm with the ai i'm obsessed with trying to figure out how to make myself redundant as a t as a tutor like, because I'm not, I can't really call myself like a classroom teacher anymore. Because like, if I can do that and then I can scale that, then can you imagine how many kids in this world could get access to that who wouldn't before? Like for me, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like brewing in my brain. But yeah, or, you know, trying to figure out how, how Web3 and how to do it meaningfully in education also is something that I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. It sounds like the next startup that's going to come down the line from you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Fun fact, I tried to start a school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be a physical school. I, like, dropped everything, went back to Vietnam. Like, I'm going to give back to my country. Go back to Vietnam, start a school. Turns out they didn't want a school because <laughs> they're like, we don't want to have to upkeep a physical school. And then they're like, oh, we want an online one. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then that's kind of been on the back burner. But, yeah, I had, like, aspirations of doing some crazy stuff. Who knows? Maybe. That would be really cool. And then you can like integrate mm. all the tech things into your school too. Exactly right. Tie it like tie chemistry oh. to tech and all that. <sighs> anyway, don't get me too excited. I'm already so super excited to be here. But. <laughs> yeah. So, where do you think your journey is going to lead with Web three? Do Do you have like other plans with it, or just exploring? No idea. No idea. No idea. Honestly, um, the thread of my life, as you can see, like just follow my nose, and you know, falling into amazing accidents, you know, like, I mean, if it smells like poo, obviously don't go there, but following my nose. And if it's something that I feel like it could be interesting or something where I can learn from, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. So yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so many lessons in this episode. <laughs> like follow your oh, nose. Seriously? Yeah. Follow your nose. You're going to listen back and be like, oh, wow, I'm so inspirational because you are. Um, this is. No, <laughs> no. I, I don't think I, I want to listen to this because like my voice and listening to my voice. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure everyone feels the same way. It's like, oh, I sound like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think it's time for some quick fire questions to kind of end the interview. So first, what is your favorite book? Uh, the Billionaire That Wasn't. Did I say that right? Yeah, about um, Chuck Feeney. He's like my inspo. I want to be like him. Awesome. I haven't read it. I don't know if you've, you've heard. No. Oh, have you heard of it? No, that? I haven't. Uh, the guy who started Duty Free. I don't know what at the airports. Oh, oh no, duty free the at the airports. Airport? Okay. D sorry. sorry. Duty free. <laughs> Apologies about my accent. I should have changed it for 
the interview. I'm sorry. I... My apology. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's my bad. Uh, yeah, like he started that and amassed a fortune and then gave everything away mm. and no one knew. Wow. Okay. I need yeah, to read it. Until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite podcast or video series? Uh, favorite podcast? I've got to say anything anything that the guy, Gary V puts out. <laughs> the guys, I just love listening to him and just like his message and how he just owns himself. You know, like, this is me. I'm going to teach you everything I know. Even though he says the same things, I think that's what is needed, right? Um, and he pushes out such a positive message all the time. I Like, I love that. Yeah, he's good. What is your favorite resource for tech? Uh, this is going to be a weird one. The ability, like, that tool thing that speeds up stuff. So, like, I'm a very slow, I'm a slow reader. And it used to frustrate me because I'm like, oh, I can't get the information I want. And then when someone showed me that you could like more than 2x an audiobook or a podcast or a video, I was like, oh, my God. So, um, yeah, I consume a lot of my information via my ears. And so any time I can consume more, that's my like go-to resource for sure. Oh, that's a good answer. Um, last one, what is your hobby? Gym. The gym for me is like more mental than it is physical. Like it's nice to have that, you know, byproduct of like being fit. But for me, it's the space where I have my only me time. Like I don't check any of my phones, any anything like that. It's I have to concentrate and I can think about things and I will always be listening to podcasts. So I'm like, oh yeah. So it's really my me time and my to recalibrate, I think. Um and so yeah, people think that I'm like a hardcore gym because like I want to get ripped and stuff. No, no, no. It's the one time I really give myself to just be by myself and do the stuff that I want to do. Hmm. I really love that. That's a good reframing of the gym. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to. I used to do CrossFit and then I did my back. I know. I know. So stupid. I want to get back. The, the goal is to get back into CrossFit soon. But who knows, you know, my spine. <laughs> See if we can hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, to close us out, uh, what's one thing that listeners can do to support you? I thought about this before going to sleep last night because I wanted to be prepared. Turns out I still don't have a good answer for that. My answer to that is if there is a way that I can help you, please let me know. That's how you can help. If there's something that I said that resonated or something in my experience that I can be helpful with, please reach out. Just hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. I don't know. Yeah. It looks like I'm, I'm not active, but I check it every now and then and, I'm, and I'll get back to you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Catherine. And thank you for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, fam. It's Catherine Roan, product manager in the educational space and also a Dublin Web3. I'm based in Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.